Welcome to The Buzz, a bank automation news podcast. I'm Associate Editor Elijah Poindexter. Recently, I spoke with Vinay Prabhakar, VP of Global Marketing and Digital Payments Provider at Volante. Vinay and I spoke about the implications of FedNow adoption on both large and community banks, discussing what this adoption will look like and what role core providers will play. When it comes to FedNow, indeed any new payment type, there are a few separate factors that play into readiness. And... Some banks are quite far ahead, other, others behind. And I'll give you a sense of what those factors are, right? So one factor is, well, how dependent is the bank on their core provider? So if you look at smaller banks, and when I say smaller, I'll say less than a, a billion dollars in assets, so uh, community banks and so, so forth, uh, and credit unions, uh, they're often very dependent on their core providers. Uh, so really, it's not a question of them being ready for Fed now. Uh, it's a question of their core provider being ready for Fed now. And what we've seen with RTP is that it can take the core providers time to get on board. Uh, there are core providers who don't support RTP today, uh, even four years after that network uh, launched, uh, or who have only done so so recently. Um, so those that that's one category. Um, another category of organization, more on the advanced side, is if a bank is already invested in real-time payments modernization. For example, they've already connected to RTP. They've already 24-7 enabled uh, their operation. Uh, They already, for example, have uh, familiarity of how to deal with ISO 2022 messages. Then I think those banks will actually find it quite straightforward uh, to go live with FedNow on day one. Uh, But there's really a very wide spectrum in terms of readiness. So for those banks that are on the sort of uh, on the negative end of that spectrum, maybe you can take a deeper dive and, and maybe sort of walk me and, and by extension the audience uh, through, mm-hmm. you know, what are some what are some of the biggest pain points? Again, you mentioned uh, being hyper dependent on the core provider. What are some of the, you know, maybe a little bit of deeper insight into that and maybe anything else you've seen? Sure. Yeah. So uh, let me start with one of the one of the biggest challenges for banks and financial institutions when they are getting into real-time payments, right? Whether it's RTP, whether it's FedNow, SEPA instant payments in Europe, you know, we've seen this pattern repeat uh, really everywhere where there are instant payments happening. Uh, and, and one is 24 by 7 operation, right? So it's not just about moving or receiving money in near real time, right? The, the funds actually have to uh, make their way from one account to another uh, in a few seconds. But it's actually being able to do that 24 by 7, right? So weekends, evenings, and so on. Uh, and many organizations are not appropriately resourced for that. So uh, they're not resourced for that on the business side. In other words, they literally don't have operators uh, who are available to support these systems 24 by 7. Um, and they are not uh, ready on the technology side, meaning they don't have systems that are 24 by 7 capable. So, for example, uh, if a bank is has a core provider that doesn't have a 24 by 7 real-time DDA, then they're going to be quite challenged uh, with getting on to FedNow or RTP uh, for that matter. Now, there are workarounds, right? Uh, there's uh, There are things called shadow balances and stand-in operation. Uh, there are the technologies for that, uh, which we do provide to organizations who don't have uh, real-time DDAs. Um, but that can certainly be a challenge, right? Uh, bigger than actually moving the money. Uh, another challenge is real-time liquidity management, right? So liquidity management, uh, exposure management is a really important part of a bank's payments business. Uh, and as the limits for these networks go larger, so 
same-day ACH, for example, uh, is uh, up, up to a million or, or will be very shortly, that increases the pressure on intraday or real-time liquidity management. And uh, and that's not a straightforward thing, right? It's not really, a, it, it can be solved by technology, uh, but it's also about operations and, and compliance. Uh, the other challenge, and you know, I, I, I could keep going, but I'll stop at a third maybe, um, is visibility across multiple payment types, right? So as payment types get added uh, by a bank and uh, get, and, and, and a bank makes these payment types available to its customers, uh, that creates a lot of operational complexity because money is moving in different ways, sometimes unpredictably, uh, unpredictably right? It's harder to predict the flows uh, and the volumes from real-time payments uh, from RTP or FedNow than it is for ACH, uh, you know, which is the, the workhorse payment type that's used for payroll and vendor payments uh, and, and many other standard types of payments. Um, because we're in a situation where today, compared to 10 years ago, there are twice as many payment types available to consumers and businesses as there were a decade ago. Uh, not just because of RTP, but also because of digital wallets, uh, uh, different types of card payment types, and so on. So there's a lot of complexity uh, when it comes to FedNow that has less to do with FedNow itself and more to do with the components of what it means to be truly uh, real-time enabled. Um, and that is actually the final one I'll mention is ISO 20022, where you have a lot of data that can travel with a payment. Uh, and if you don't make use of that data or you're not able to actually take that data through end to end, right from when the customer submits a transaction to when it gets to the recipient, then you're really losing out on opportunity. Uh, and in fact, uh, you're losing pieces of payments, which could lead to a compliance problem. So uh, there are a lot of challenges uh, that banks can have if they don't have the right approach to each of these components. You know that that leads me to a to to another interesting sort of question that I, I that a lot of people I feel like uh, don't ask. You know, a lot of the conversation surrounding FedNow is just that it surrounds FedNow. It surrounds what is FedNow bringing to the table for us as a bank uh, and for our consumers. But I think a, a question that a lot of people hesitate or forget to ask is, well, what else will this bring to the marketplace in terms of the dynamics of the of the combined sort of banking, finance, and payments marketplace? What new you know technologies or automations will it bring? What sort of trends will it create? What sort of trends will it sort of put a halt on? And so I think that's an interesting question for us to move into. Uh, is you know what are some of the new dynamics that FedNow will bring uh, to the combined sort of banking, finance, uh, payment sort of integrated uh, digital marketplace? Yeah, that's that's certainly an exciting thing to to talk about, uh, and it, it is going to bring new dynamics, right? Not necessarily some of the dynamics that we might think. So I'll start with something that I don't think FedNow will change, uh, which is I don't think FedNow is going to eliminate the payment types that we already have, right? So whether it's check, ACH, wire, card, and so on, these are going to remain part of the mix. Even checks, you know, uh, people have been predicting the demise of checks for years. And while they are decreasing considerably, uh, check volumes have decreased over 30% over the past five years, they're still there. Uh, there are 10 times as many checks being written every month uh, as there are, are, are RTPs, right? Um, the same with uh, wire payments. Uh, that's pretty much the only way you can move hundreds of millions or, or billions of dollars uh, in value uh, securely and without repudiation. 
uh, and ACH will continue to be, to be used for payroll and so on, certainly cards. So uh, we don't see, we, we, we see the volume mix changing, uh, but not the entire disappearance of payment types or payment workflows. Uh, and, and the reason is that that's what we've seen in other markets. So if you look at, for example, the United Kingdom, which has had their faster payment service for now, I think, 14 years. Uh, all the other payment types are, are still around, right? What will, what FedNow will bring to the marketplace is a final acknowledgement, I think, that real-time payments, instant payments, whatever we call them, are here to stay. And that more and more of uh, the innovation around payments will have to do with the immediacy of the payment, uh, the immediacy of receipt, the immediacy of send. And as I mentioned earlier, that acceptance of 24 by 7 operation. Uh, but ultimately, you know, the, 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 the big change that we see happening moving forward is that the focus will change from the way you make a payment or receive a payment to the experience around that payment. Um, and, and this is worth dwelling on because uh, we see this as a fundamental direction of change. Uh, here's what I mean uh, by the experience around the payment, right? So uh, I'll use the, the ride share example, which um, many of us are, are, of course, familiar with uh, now that we're uh, back in cars and Ubers and lifts and so on. Uh, that experience uh, is one where the payment happens as a result of the customer experience, meaning you get into the car, driven somewhere, you get out, and you don't make a payment, right? Uh, you, it, it happens. Uh, the technology of your phone, which is connected to GPS, which is connected to a payment API, uh, makes it possible for there to be an automatic charge uh, based on a price that you already agreed and a destination that you already agreed on. Uh, that's, that's a much better experience, right, uh, than actually having to make a payment, take out your card or take out cash or whatever. Uh, and what FedNow will do, uh, as RTP has already done, is make it possible to translate that kind of consumer experience into business-to-business -business payments. For example, uh, the delivery of goods, right? Uh, particularly with the pandemic, hands-free, hands-off delivery of goods is much more the norm. Uh, wouldn't it be nice if, uh, as a result of the delivery or receipt of a package, uh, whether it's a commercial package, a shipping container, <laughs> or a package that we receive on our doorstep, that the payment is automatically made at that point because the technology knows that the package was delivered. Uh, and that's just a small example, right? These are things that can really speed up digital commerce in the US and globally. And FedNow, with its 24 by seven capabilities, its ability to have um, a lot of data, for example, invoice, purchase order data, travel with the payment, uh, request for pay, and uh, other messages like that, I think is going to give our economy a really strong push in that direction. And that's very exciting because uh, what we're focused on is trying to make sure that our customers, our, our financial institution customers, can focus on building value-added customer experiences uh, once they are connected to the networks. You know, uh, on the business-to-business -business point, I think something interesting to maybe talk about for a little bit is, is you know, there's a big difference, I would say, for a business paying, doing a real-time Venmo or Zelle or some type of, you know, uh, real-time transaction through a bank uh, to like a plumber or to somebody who's going to come work on the electricity or, you know, something in that matter. But when it comes to like these large-scale business-to-business payments, I think the limit on FedNow is 25000 Is that correct? 
Uh, I, I believe that's the initial limit, although I wouldn't be surprised uh, if that changes in the upward direction pretty quickly. Because remember, that's what we've seen with RTP. Uh, I think okay. RTP started at 25K, uh, moved up 100. And uh, what RTP has done is they've tried to stay roughly aligned with the same day ACH limit. So I wouldn't be surprised if that Fed now moves to 50, 100, a million as well uh, as the network evolves. Even so, yeah, yeah, and that's perfect because even so, I mean, even with the sort of backing of FedNow and all these other systems that we talk about, you know, is, is there going to be some hesitance on the side of like a business to business payments to, okay, like I'm still, I'm so used to the ACH, I'm so used to just writing a check, I'm so used to these sort of, to these established, let's call it, uh, payment methods for these large scale business to business uh, and, and business to government, business to bank payments. Am I going to be comfortable with sending eventually, you know, down down the line, a million dollars on a real time rail? Uh, you know, are businesses excited about that? Well, do you foresee any sort of hesitancy or any sort of delay and uptake there, or is it mostly positive And you know, businesses are ready to see this get off the ground? No, you're quite right. Actually, um, I would say there there is definitely hesitancy in the large business, the large corporate treasury areas, uh, because like banks, right? Uh, Corporate treasuries have built their organizations around legacy payment systems and legacy workflows. Uh, ACH works, requires work, right? Uh, the vendor payments work. These are ways of uh, paying and getting paid that are proven. Uh, they're cost effective and cost efficient. Uh, and they, they, there isn't necessarily a burning reason you know, to move away for them, from them uh, for many corporations. So. It comes back down to the customer experience side, right? I think the financial services industry has some selling here to do in that it has to sell uh, businesses on the fact that it's not really just about being able to spend and receive in real time or even 24 by seven, right? Because uh, an organization can always make a time payment uh, using some other method, but if the payment is connected to the commercial customer experience, if there's data around the payment so that it massively reduces reconciliation effort, reconciliation is a huge problem uh, for corporate treasuries, right? Because the information that travels and comes with a bank statement or account analysis is very limited as an amount, you know, credit, debit, positive, negative, currency, not a whole lot else. Uh, and if you want to know exactly which invoices for uh, which vendor and so forth, then it has to be connected to other aspects of uh, their ERP system, and, uh, and 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 that creates a complexity that businesses don't want. Right. Um, the other area where I think the financial services industry can and should make a difference is, you know, we haven't talked about the F word, <laughs> fraud. Right. Uh, with new payment types come new uh, methods of fraud. Um, and that's been consistently proven through history, right? There was checks with check fraud, wires, wire fraud, ACH fraud, and so forth. Uh, so there's going to be real-time fraud as well. But uh, the nature of the real-time networks where the data travels with the payment and there's a lot more transparency around it, actually in many ways, I think, is going to make it harder for the traditional approaches to fraud to work. because It's going to be harder to impersonate senders uh, the type of CEO fraud that happens with invoicing um, or with email payments, uh, I think that could be could reduced considerably. 
Uh, but it comes back down to, yeah, there's some selling to be done uh, if large corporations are going to change their payments behaviors. Uh, but what we have seen is that these corporations are very focused on the bottom line. And if there is a more efficient way uh, to send and receive money, particularly across borders, um, as real-time networks in different countries get connected, then we will see up uptake on the, on the B2B side. Uh, and we're seeing that with RTP, for example, with the request to pay where you have large uh, telecoms companies, for example, using request to pay as a billing method so that the, uh, the actual payment is then connected to the bill in a much more seamless way. Um, so there are exciting times ahead, but some selling to come. You've been listening to The Buzz, a bank automation news podcast. Thank you for your time and be sure to visit us at bankautomationnews.com for more automation news. You can also follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Please don't hesitate to rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Thank you.